The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. It's a brand new month. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. This is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, July 1st, 2022, Friday of the 13th week in Ordinary Time. In the Missal, it's liturgical year C, cycle two. Friday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. In the United States, this is the optional memorial of St. Junipero Serra. Born in 1713 in Mallorca, he became a Franciscan and landed in Mexico City in 1750, spent the rest of his life working for the conversion of the peoples of the New World. Junipero was a dedicated religious and missionary. He was imbued with a penitential spirit and practiced austerity in sleep, eating, and other activities. In 1784, worn out by his apostolic labors, Father Sarah was called to his eternal rest. Saint Junipero Sarah, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. My Lord and Father, inspire my thoughts, words, and actions, and accompany them with your aid, so that I may undertake all my activities according to your will and out of love for you. I ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying for the elderly who represent the roots and memory of a people. May their experience and wisdom help young people to look towards the future with hope and responsibility. Ten Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's Ten Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Perhaps you have been edified by the recent news about the former high school coach who has scored a win at the Supreme Court for a post-game prayer. Joe Kennedy, who had been dismissed from the school for resisting the instruction not to pray on the field after the games, who has been vindicated. This official has lost kind of his sense of shame in praying. May neither you nor I be ashamed of praying. His attitude can be likened also to the two main figures of today's gospel, you, Jesus, and St. Matthew. Is St. Matthew himself reporting this event that we come across at least three times in a year? The calling of St. Matthew himself read at different moments. We are going to notice the peculiarity in Matthew's own account. He says, as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. We've noted that St. Matthew was the only one who calls himself by that nickname, Matthew. The others, both Mark and Luke, will refer to him as Levi, his native name. And so Jesus goes out as a public figure too, and doesn't mind encountering this other public figure 
Matthew, a tax collector with a poor reputation. And he says to him, follow me. One can imagine St. Matthew looking at Jesus, what do you want? Jesus replying, follow me. And he follows Jesus without any sense of shame. Afterwards, as he sat at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, as Jesus, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Your response, Jesus, is more elaborated here in Matthew's own account, especially with that insertion, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, echoing the words of the prophet Hosea. Hosea chapter 6, verse 6. For I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice, the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. Our Lord desires this knowledge of him. And who are you, Jesus? What are you known for? You are confessing, admitting what you desire. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. We find ourselves many times coming to our Lord, feeling empty, feeling weak, even sensing the reality of our miseries and faults. Yet Jesus is not ashamed of entering into dialogue, communicating with us, even sitting at table with us. The devil will sometimes try to discourage us with this argument. How can you pretend that your prayer pleases God, that your being with God counts with all your misery and all your faults? And we will be able to respond to the devil with a truth that is at the heart of the gospel, like the gospel of today. And even with the saints, say, St. Teresa of the Flower, who she herself was charged by the Holy Spirit to remind us Man does not please God primarily by his virtues and his merits, but above all, by the unlimited confidence that he has in his mercy. So we are called to place confidence in God. Jesus, when you say that you've not come to call the righteous, but rather sinners, I think immediately of the personages in the scriptures that you've called. Sometimes they are introduced by this sentence, for he was a righteous man. Take, for instance, our Father and Lord, St. Joseph, who is introduced, who is referred to as the righteous man. Or Our Lady, Our Mother Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, full of grace. Or St. Barnabas, for he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit. So how come you are saying that you've not come to call the righteous, but sinners? And it makes me really think of that common quality between the saints and repentant sinners. What do you mean by that you've not come to call the righteous, but sinners? Well, righteousness in this sense, we're going to understand it as an analogical concept, whereby, well, when you say righteous, you've not come to call the righteous, therefore I've not come to call the self-righteous, the self-acclaimed righteous, but sinners. Because any saint always admits that all he or she has got comes from God and always feels that sense of impotency before God. And so we realize the depth of your words, that you've not come to call the righteous but sinners. St. Matthew, the tax collectors, and the sinners surrounding you, Jesus, today, 
had that sense of want and wanted to be with you, who are the source of all good, and you comfortably communed with them. Righteous, let's not be afraid. And sometimes we can be prevented, we can hesitate towards prayer because, again, we feel this poverty. And we usually have a terrible time accepting our poverty. So we have this tendency to flee from God. It is impossible to escape this experience of poverty when we pray. It's true that one will often experience gentleness and tenderness of God, but quite frequently what, will, what we are going to experience is our misery, our incapacity to pray, our distractions, the wounds of our memories and our imaginations, the memory of our faults and our failures, our sense of disquietude relative to the future, etc. We're going to find these excuses to flee from God, as if God gains from our merits. Yes, but those merits actually come also from Him. Let's not be ashamed of dealing with God, because Jesus is not ashamed of relating with us. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, knowledge of God and not bond offerings. Let's think of this scene whereby Jesus meets St. Matthew. It's a common scene. What is that new thing St. Matthew has discovered? In this client, Mr. Matthew, a tax collector, is used to seeing people coming to pay their taxes and miss grudges, complaints about the government, about the crisis, curses for the Roman government, and even curses at him. He's used to this. Everything is the same, routine, monotonous. But here comes this other client who smiles at him, encourages him, and even casts this loving glance at him. And say, Matthew is cut to the heart. And looking at our Lord, he hears that invitation, follow me. And he couldn't resist the call. He stands up and follows our Lord. Well, Jesus, passing by, smiles and encourages us, even when we see our evident faults and miseries. Matthew had never seen someone so encouraging. And it convinced him, and he follows him, and he gathers his friends to come and meet this Jesus. And here comes the self-righteous Pharisees, who are accusing Jesus of mingling with this kind of people, maybe somehow provoking certain false sense of shame in him, or provoking false sense of shame in the new disciples won by Christ. But yet, Matthew and his friends, the tax collectors and sinners, do not back down. Neither does Jesus back down, but rather encourages them. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. I learned of an employee of a friend's family who had been well-treated by this family, actually employed as a driver by the father of my friend. And my friend was telling me how this driver didn't want to leave that position. In fact, when the company for which my friend's dad was working decided to change driver for the dad, this driver protested and asked that he be returned to his former position. He wanted to remain with that family. And my friend was commenting that that driver was more a part of the family than an ordinary employee. You know, the situation in which you find a driver, when I say driver, a chauffeur, who refers to the boss as his own brother or, or the woman as his own sister, it shows that, well, they've really gone extent to care for him as one more member of the family. And this holds people, it convinces people, mercy. Have you tried that before? Have you tried casting a loving glance, smiling at the one, the attendant at the door of the office you are entering, 
the person behind the counter at the bank or the driver of the bus you are boarding to walk or from work? Have you tried a compliment that will encourage him? And you're going to see how the person will be grateful or even if the person is not grateful that you're actually becoming another Christ. We are called to be another Christ. Our Lord shows mercy and wins mercy. You and I can win a lot of followers of our Lord by trying to be Christ. Win souls. It's a very good way of winning souls. Mercy. To be Christ. As a Matthew, will never forget this lesson. And we see him making this singular comment. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Oh Jesus, may I never be ashamed of coming to you. May I be your disciple. And may I be transformed into an instrument of mercy for the others. And through me, the others may discover you too. The Blessed Virgin Mary prayed this way. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Mother of mercy, pray for us. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. You'll find more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. 16 past the hour on Daybreak. It's Friday, July 1st, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek, and this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. We begin our day of prayer now as we join with the whole church. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips. And And my my mouth mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the rock who saves us. Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth, and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea, it belongs to him, the dry land too, for it was formed by his hands. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Come then, let us bow down and worship, Bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God and we are His people. The flock He shepherds. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord. For God's great love is without end. Today listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness. When at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me. 
Although they had seen all of my works. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, they are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever. Amen. Come, let us give thanks to the Lord, for God's great love is without end. Rise up, Lord, and come to my aid. Rise up, Lord, and come to my aid. O Lord, plead my cause against my foes. Fight those who fight me. Take up your buckler and shield. Arise to help me. O Lord, say to my soul, I am your salvation. But my soul shall be joyful in the Lord and rejoice in his salvation. My whole being will say, Lord, who is like you, who rescue the weak from the strong and the poor from the oppressor? Lying witnesses arise and accuse me unjustly. They repay me evil for good. My soul is forlorn. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Rise up, Lord, and come to my aid. All-powerful Lord, stand by me and defend me. All-powerful Lord, stand by me and defend me. When they were sick, I went into mourning, afflicted with fasting. My prayer was ever on my lips, as for a brother, a friend. I went as though mourning a mother, bowed down with grief. Now that I am in trouble, they gather. They gather and mock me. They take me by surprise and strike me and tear me to pieces. They provoke me with mockery on mockery, and gnash their teeth. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. All-powerful Lord, stand by me and defend me. My tongue will speak of your goodness all the day long. My tongue will speak of your goodness all the day long. O Lord, how long will you look on? Come to my rescue. Save my life from these raging beasts, my soul from these lions. I will thank you in the great assembly. Amid the throng I will praise you. Do not let my lying foes rejoice over me. Do not let those who hate me unjustly wink eyes at each other. O Lord, you have seen. Do not be silent. 
do not stand afar off. Awake, stir to my defense, to my cause, O God. Let there be joy for those who love my cause. Let them say without end, Great is the Lord who delights in the peace of his servant. Then my tongue shall speak of your justice all day long of your praise. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Lord, you rescue the poor from their oppressors, and you rose to the aid of your beloved Son against those who unjustly sought his life. Look on your church as we journey to you that the poor and weak may recognize the help you provide and proclaim your saving act. My tongue will speak of your goodness all the day long. My son, take my words to heart. Do as I say, and you will live. From the second book of Samuel, when King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from his enemies on every side, He said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan answered the king, Go do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that night the Lord spoke to Nathan and said, Go tell my servant David, Thus says the Lord, Should you build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day on which I led the Israelites out of Egypt to the present, but I have been going about in a tent under cloth. In all my wanderings everywhere among the Israelites, did I ever utter a word to any one of the judges whom I charged to tend my people Israel to ask, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now then speak thus to my servant David. The Lord of hosts has this to say. It was I who took you from the pasture and from the care of the flock to be commander of my people. I have been with you wherever you went, and I have destroyed all your enemies before you, and I will make you famous like the great ones of the earth. I will fix a place for my people, Israel. I will plant them so that they may dwell in their place without further disturbance. Neither shall the wicked continue to afflict them as they did of old, since the time I first appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies. The Lord also reveals to you that he will establish a house for you. And when your time comes and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your heir after you, sprung from your loins, and I will make his kingdom firm. It is he who shall build a house for my name, and I will make his royal throne firm forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. And if he does wrong, I will correct him with the rod of men and with human chastisements, but I will not withdraw my favor from him as I withdrew it from your predecessor, Saul, whom I removed from my presence. Mm -hmm. 
your house and your kingdom shall endure forever before me. Your throne shall stand firm forever. Nathan reported all these words and this entire vision to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, Lord God? And who are the members of my house that you have brought me to this point? Yet even this you see as too little, Lord God. You have also spoken of the house of your servant for a long time to come. This too you have shown to man, Lord God. What more can David say to you? You know your servant, Lord God. For your servant's sake, and as you have had at your heart, you have brought about this entire magnificent disclosure to your servant. And so, great are you, Lord God. There is none like you, and there is no God but you, just as we have heard it told. What other nation on earth is there like your people Israel, which God has led, redeeming it as his people, so that you have made yourself renowned by doing this magnificent deed and doing awe-inspiring things, as you have cleared nations and their gods out of the way of your people, which you redeemed for yourself from Egypt? You have established for yourself your people Israel as yours forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. And now, Lord God, confirm for all time the prophecy you have made concerning your servant and his house, and do as you have promised. The Word of the Lord. The angel Gabriel spoke to Mary and said, You will conceive and bear a son, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will will rule rule over the house house of Jacob Jacob forever. forever. The Lord swore an oath to David, from which he will not withdraw. I will set your own son upon your throne. He will will rule rule over over the the house house of Jacob Jacob forever. A reading from a book on the predestination of the saints by St. Augustine, Bishop. The greatest glory of predestination and grace is the Savior himself, the mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. What, I ask you, did this human nature do in the way of good works or of faith to merit beforehand this glory? Give me an answer to this question. How did his humanity merit to be taken up by the Word, co-eternal with the Father, into unity with his person? and so be the only begotten Son of God. What goodness, of whatever kind, did he possess beforehand? What had he done? What faith had he shown? What request had he made, that he should attain to that point of preeminence, beyond all human power of description? Was it not through the action of the Word in taking this humanity to himself, that from the moment when he came into existence, this human being came into existence as the only Son of God? We must keep before our eyes the very source of grace, taking its origin in Christ, our head, and flowing through all his members according to the capacity of each. The grace which makes any man a Christian from the first moment of his coming to believe is the same grace 
which made this man the Christ from his coming to be as man. The Spirit, through whom men are reborn, is the same Spirit through whom Christ was born. The Spirit by whom we receive forgiveness of sins is the same Spirit who brought it about that Christ knew no sin. Clearly God knew that he would do all this. The predestination of the saints is the same predestination that reached its greatest glory in the saint above all other saints. Who can deny this among those who understand correctly the utterances of truth? For we have been taught that inasmuch as the Son of God became man, the Lord of glory himself was the object of predestination. Jesus then was predestined. He who was to be the Son of David in his human nature was to be the Son of God in power through the action of the Spirit of holiness. For he was born of the Holy Spirit and of the Virgin Mary. This unique taking to himself of a human nature by God the Word came about in such a way, too mysterious for our understanding, that with truth and accuracy the Word could be called at one and the same time the Son of God and the Son of Man. Son of Man because of the human nature that was taken, and Son of God because it was the only begotten God who took that human nature. We are not to believe in God as a quaternity, but as a trinity. Human nature was in this case predestined to so marvelous, so sublime, so perfect a dignity that it could not be raised higher, just as the divine nature itself could not demean itself any lower than by taking human nature with all its weakness, even to dying on a cross. Just as one Christ was predestined to be our head, so we the many were predestined to be his members. Let there be no mention here of human merits. They were lost through Adam. Let God's grace reign supreme, as it does through Jesus Christ our Lord, the only Son of God, the one Lord. If anyone can find in Christ our head any merits preceding his unique birth, he may look also for merits in ourselves, preceding our rebirth as his many members. When at last the appointed time had come, God sent his Son into the world, born of a virgin, subject to the law. To redeem, to redeem those who were subject to the law. Because of his great love for us, God sent his Son in the likeness of our sinful human nature. To, to redeem, redeem those who were subject to the law. Let us pray. O God, who through the grace of adoption chose us to be children of light, grant, we pray, that we may not be wrapped in the darkness of error, but always be seen to stand in the bright light of truth. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 23 minutes before the hour, and today's gospel is coming up in just a few minutes, along with In Conversation with God and Morning Prayer on Daybreak, on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app for Friday, July 1st, 2022. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's gospel, from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, 
It's the call of Matthew and the party that followed from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax office. Follow me. And Matthew rose and followed him. As Jesus sat at table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard it, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Any mortification is a good thing. But the best mortification is one that has a positive impact on other people. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 4, Ordinary Time. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. It is because of this that our mortification should be lived more than anywhere else in those things that affect our relationships and dealings with other people. Our attitude should always be one of mercy, just like our Lord's attitude towards the people he met everywhere he went. Our mortification receives its impulse and direction from the regard we have for those with whom we are in daily contact, whether at home, at work, or for any other reason away from home. It leads us to make things in this life more pleasant for them. In particular, it leads us to help people who are having to bear even greater physical or moral sufferings. We will do little acts of service for them or deprive ourselves of some small comfort if we can help them in that way. Our spirit of mortification will lead us to overcome any lack of optimism which would necessarily affect other people. We will endeavor to smile even when we have our own difficulties. We will try to avoid everything, however small, that may annoy those closest to us, to forgive others and to find excuses for them. In this way, we will die to self-love, which is so deeply rooted in our being. We will learn to be humble. This habitual disposition that makes us a cause of joy for others can only be the fruit of a profound spirit of mortification, because many may not find giving up food and drink and a soft bed too difficult, but bearing an insult or wrong or hurtful words, this is something to be borne not by many, but by few. As well as in these mortifications that refer to charity, God wants us to know how to find him in all those things he allows to happen. And that can go against our likes and preferences and upset our plans. These are known as passive mortifications. They can take the form of serious illness, of problems that arise in the family, and for which there seems to be no easy solution, of a major setback at work. But perhaps more often, indeed probably every day, we come up against little things that annoy us and that we had not expected, whether at work, in our family life, or in the carrying out of the plans we have made for a particular day. 
These are opportunities for telling God that we love him precisely through accepting those very things we may have shied away from at the outset. When we accept that particular reverse, be it great or small, with love and offer it to God, we experience peace and joy in the midst of sorrow. When we do not accept it, our soul becomes as though out of harmony and sad or else we experience an inner rebelliousness that only serves to separate us from God and from other people. Another field of mortification in which we can show our love for God is the exemplary fulfillment of our duty by working intensely, for example, by not leaving unpleasant tasks for later, by struggling against mental laziness, by taking care of little things, order, punctuality, and so on by facilitating the task of someone who works alongside us, by offering up the tiredness that all hard work brings with it. By these little victories over ourselves, while we work and in our relations with other people, on every possible occasion, we are able to show that we love God above all things, and in particular that we love Him more than ourselves. By means of these mortifications, we raise ourselves up towards Him. By not doing them, we will remain rooted to the ground. Those little sacrifices we offer up throughout the day prepare our souls for prayer and fill us with joy. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers and you'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. Fourteen minutes before the hour, we pray with the whole church now. We're led by our friends at divineoffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Lord, you will accept the true sacrifice offered on your altar. Lord, you will accept the true sacrifice offered on your altar. Have mercy on me, God, in your kindness. In your compassion, blot out my offense. O wash me more and more from my guilt, and cleanse me from my sin. My offenses, truly, I know them. My sin is always before me. Against you, you alone have I sinned. What is evil in your sight, I have done that you may be justified when you give sentence and be without reproach when you judge. O see, in guilt I was born, a sinner was I conceived. Indeed, you love truth in the heart, then in the secret of my heart teach me wisdom. O purify me, then I shall be clean. O wash me, I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear rejoicing and gladness, that the bones you have crushed may revive. From my sins turn away your face, and blot out all my guilt. A pure heart create for me, O God. Put a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, nor deprive me of your Holy Spirit. Give me again the joy of your help. With a spirit of fervor sustain me, that I may teach transgressors your ways, 
and sinners may return to you. O rescue me, God, my helper, and my tongue shall ring out your goodness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall declare your praise. For in sacrifice you take no delight. Burnt offering from me you would refuse. My sacrifice, a contrite spirit, a humbled, contrite heart, you will not spurn. In your goodness show favor to Zion, rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with lawful sacrifice, holocaust offered on your altar. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it it was was in the beginning, beginning, is is now, now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Father, He who knew no sin was made sin for us, to save us and restore us to your friendship. Look upon our contrite heart and afflicted spirit and heal our troubled conscience, so that in joy and strength of the Holy Spirit we may proclaim your praise and glory before all the nations. Lord, you will will accept the true sacrifice offered on your altar. All the descendants of Israel will glory in the Lord's gift of victory. All the descendants of Israel will glory in the Lord's gift of victory. Truly with you God is hidden, the God of Israel, the Savior. Those are put to shame and disgrace who vent their anger against him. Those go in disgrace who carve images. Israel, you are saved by the Lord, saved forever. You shall never be put to shame or disgrace in future ages. For thus says the Lord, the creator of the heavens, who is God, the designer and maker of the earth, who established it, not creating it to be a waste, but designing it to be lived in. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I have not spoken from hiding, nor from some dark place of the earth, and I have not said to the descendants of Jacob, Look for me in an empty waste. I, the Lord, promise justice. I foretell what is right. Come and assemble, gather together, you fugitives among the Gentiles. They are without knowledge who bear wooden idols and pray to gods that cannot save. Come here and declare in council together, who announced this from the beginning and foretold it from of old. Was it not I, the Lord, besides whom there is no other God? There is no just and saving God but me. Turn to me and be safe, all you ends of the earth, for I am God, there is no other. By myself I swear, uttering my just decree and my unalterable word. To me every knee shall bend, by me every tongue shall swear, saying, Only in the Lord are just deeds and power. Before him in shame shall come all who vent their anger against him. In the Lord shall be the vindication and the glory of all the descendants of Israel. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit 
as it, as was, it was in the, in the beginning, beginning, is now, and, and will, will be forever. forever. Amen. All the descendants of Israel will glory in the Lord's gift of victory. Let us go into God's presence singing for joy. Let us go into God's presence singing for joy. Cry out with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him singing for joy. Know that He, the Lord, is God. He made us. We belong to Him. We are His people, the sheep of His flock. Go within His gates giving thanks. Enter His courts with songs of praise. Give thanks to Him and bless His name. Indeed, how good! is the Lord, eternal, his merciful love. He is faithful from age to age. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is now, now and, and will, will be, be forever. forever. Amen. With joy and gladness we cry out to you, Lord, and ask you, Open our hearts to sing your praises and announce your goodness and truth. Let us, Let us go into God's presence, singing for joy. A reading from the letter to the Ephesians. Never let evil talk pass your lips. Say only the good things men need to hear, things that will really help them. Do nothing that will sadden the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed against the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, all passion and anger, harsh words, slander, and malice of every kind. In place of these, be kind to one another, compassionate, and mutually forgiving, just as God has forgiven you in Christ. The Word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God. At daybreak, be merciful to me. At daybreak, be merciful to me. Make known to me the path that I must walk. Be merciful to me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. At daybreak, be merciful to me. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers, and and to to remember his his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, 
to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord has come to his people and set them free. Through his cross, the Lord Jesus brought salvation to the human race. We adore him, and in faith we call out to him, Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Christ, rising sun, warm us with your rays. And restrain us from every evil impulse. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Keep guard over our thoughts words, and actions, and make us pleasing in your sight this day. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Turn your gaze from our sinfulness, and cleanse us from our iniquities. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Through your cross and resurrection, fill us with the consolation of the Spirit. Lord, pour out your mercy upon us. Let us make our prayers and praise complete by offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver deliver us from from evil. God, our Father, you conquer the darkness of ignorance by the light of your word. Strengthen within our hearts the faith you have given us. Let not temptation ever quench the fire that your love has kindled within us. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Hey, for a lot of you, a long holiday weekend is coming up in just a little bit. Be sure to keep it holy and safe. Morning Air is coming up in just a few minutes with John and Glenn. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. Go out, make this a great day, and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.